Hello everyone, we are back with Moogles and Mages, episode 7. It's crazy, 7 episodes now. <laughs> I'm Dan, I'm here with Cody. Cody's gonna teach me some FF14. What are we talking about today, buddy? So you've heard the name dropped a lot. We're gonna be talking about the Garlean Empire, or Garlemald. Oh, okay, so that's interchangeable, right? Garlemald, yes. Garlean Empire. Yes, yes. You have talked about these guys a lot coming up to this point. Right, Garlemald is the region. The empire is called the Garlean Empire, but we will often just say Garlemald to refer to them. Gotcha. So before we get started, all I really know about them at this point is that they like to get their hands in things that they shouldn't, and <laughs> they don't really do the whole channeling ether thing. Right. Thousands of years ago, right, there was this city known as Gog, and it was an island nation, or an island city, I don't know if it was actually a nation, but island city, and then this giant fuck-off hole opened up in the ocean right beside them so the the people of gog are like we gotta go they fled their city which was known as the machine city wait wait so before they leave is this whole some cataclysmic event or is it just a giant hole and they said okay we don't like the hole bye bye yeah pretty much it's known as the ridderana cataract and it is giant so I think they were concerned that it was going to consume their island. Oh, yeah, that's a valid concern, I would say. We should probably scoot. So <laughs> what what makes Gog an interesting place is that the people there used technology as opposed to magic. They, they The location was known as the Machine City of Gog. I'm assuming that's how they fled, is using their machines. Yeah, that's a, that's a reasonable assumption. Yeah. So they, they fled across the ocean to the continent called Ilzabard. And it is to the north of Eorzea. Ah, uh, okay. It's the one that is, uh, on the world map, it's covered in, in clouds and fog. Right, right, right. And then they've got the, oh, was it the, the Rothgar area to the south of them? Right, exactly. Right, right, right. Bosia. So those guys moved to Ilzabard, and over time, those people became the Garleans. The Garleans are their descendants. Oh, okay, gotcha. Mm. Now, so with the, the, the I, I guess, Gogan Empire, which <laughs> with them being an island nation, it's kind of close to Gungan Empire. <laughs> um, What's the deal with them not channeling ether? Was there just not really ether there for them to channel? Is it a biological thing for them? Well, if we go by the neighboring areas, like they were close to uh, Ivalice, uh the Ivalicians can use magic. So I'm really not sure if the lack of ether was the problem. I feel like it has to be something biological. Mm. Because... Garleans can't use it, and they're the descendants of those people, but a half-Garlean can. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds to me like an implication that it's on the biological side of things. Yeah. Are they the only ones that we really know of that can't do this? Pretty much, yeah. Interesting. 
Okay, but it it sounds like they've made up for it in, in full. Oh, yeah. Ilzebart is incredibly inhospitable. It, it's very cold. And there are, like, ethereal storms that are just raging in the area. So they, they survived. They didn't thrive. Hmm. They were known as the Garlemald Republic, not Empire. Because they can't really expand if you're being driven out of anywhere more hospitable by people who can use magic. Right. So they, they kind of had to settle there. Exactly. You don't have a choice. What are you going to do? Go down to Eorzea? You know, they're not going to let you in. That's just more people to compete with resources for. Right. So about 50 years ago, a brilliant legatus, that's what the part of their military will go into this. His name was Solus Zos Galvus. He brings about this technological revolution. He introduces Garlemald by discovering Ceruleum. And he says, we can use this. So they start building technology fueled by Ceruleum. Now, is this that sort of ether oil that we had talked about before? Yes. Oh, okay. It is bright blue and extremely volatile. <laughs> okay, so sounds like the, the, the hallmark of mana. Yeah. There's an interesting thing, a bit of lore with the blue mages where they talk about the the wallaki which is where the blue mage magic originates from this mm -hmm. tribe that they refer to ceruleum as like lifeblood basically it's just like you're mining the life stream okay yeah yeah i think that representation that we had considered before of it essentially just being distilled mana it sounds mm -hmm. pretty accurate then i would think so lifeblood of the what was it the the soul river uh the the life stream the life stream yeah so the the tech they build is called magitech uh it's appeared in a whole bunch of final fantasies it's kind of iconic to the series now mm-hmm it's essentially, they said, I can't cast spells, but that doesn't mean I can't make a machine that'll do it for me. So is it pretty much comparable to casting spells? I mean, they're firing like ether bullets and, and they can fly. They have airships that are like extremely fast compared to Eorzean airships. Interesting. So there are some parts of their economy and, and military that are just better than Eorzea's. I would say their military on the whole is better than Eorzea's. Mm. They're a militaristic society, so it's kind of a force to be reckoned with in that regard. And, you know, it makes sense. Any group of people that has to come from that area, even the Bos Bosnians, you have to be maybe not a warfaring culture, but you have to be tough as nails to make it out there. Oh, yeah. Though once they got control with Magitech, they were able to sort of carve out a place to survive. Magitech really tipped the scale for them. Mm. And then that's when they started pushing into other uh, nations and conquering them. 
Now, making it a better place to live for them, were they using that Eve thing that you were telling me about? Uh, no, Eden Eden is not their technology. Okay, gotcha. So they were just using some other means to make it just more inhabitable. Yeah, pretty not much. like healing the desert or anything. No, no, it's, it's still extremely inhospitable. They just have metal homes, essentially. Like, their, their homes are more technologically built. <laughs> Is that... Like th- this is, I'll send you a, a quick picture of Gardamol. Right. But... I'm, I'm just picturing the main differences. Yeah, they've got air conditioning. Uh, kind of. Oh wow, that just looks like a. Yeah, exactly. It's it's comparable to Ishgard in that their homes are built to survive the cold, but these guys have like electric lighting. Yeah, so they've got electricity. They've got full metal buildings. This is a full on city that they've got. Yeah, going it's on it's here. like as close to like a metropolitan place as you're going to get in final fantasy it's modern ish it definitely looks really droll and dreary <laughs> i'm seeing a lot of grays and metallics not really seeing much color yeah so we actually haven't been there in game yet mm. that's going to be something in endwalker so i'm really interested to actually see garlemald firsthand yeah, they'll probably flush out some more of Garlean culture, I imagine. Here's hoping. Though we do know quite a bit about them. Uh, so, you know, they they launched their attack on Eorzea under this pretense that they wanted to eliminate the summoning of primals. Okay. They're, they're claiming that they're doing it, that they want to go and save these nations from themselves. Wait, it's not really the nations, though. It's it's the beast tribes that are summoning these primals. Yeah, but the Garleans view everyone that's not Garlean as a filthy barbarian. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. See, despite the fact that they can't use magic, they view the rest of the races as inferior. <laughs> okay, right. So, sort of being able to channel ether is this this ancient barbaric monstrous thing that lesser beings do you using this new material is what good civilized folk do. <laughs> yes yeah exactly so they're actually not entirely wrong like from a physical standpoint garleans are bigger and stronger than an Aorzean. If Aorzeans could not channel ether, Garleans would beat them hands down. Are the Garleans human or here, pretty much? No. They're sort of like... They look like you put a here head on an Elizan body. They're very tall, very lanky people. <laughs> okay, so they've got the Elizan neck, too. Strangely, not really. It's kind oh, of okay. odd. <laughs> but, but compared to an Aorzean, they're extremely tall. Right, right. Okay, that's... Huh. One of their defining characteristics is they have what's called a third eye. It basically looks like a little pearl that sits on the, the, the center of their forehead. I don't actually know what it does. But it's a thing. Really? Okay, so it sounds like they've got 
some level of uh, higher thought process or, or uh, mental capacity or ability that we don't really know about then. They are brilliant engineers, usually. Traditionally, the third eye is involved with being able to see things in your mind more clearly, being able mm. to you know, go from a 2D image to a 3D image in your imagination is a good way to think about it like that. Right. So right. maybe they're just able to think of these schemes and blueprints in the 3D way. And everything yeah, just maybe. makes sense to them mechanically. Here's an example. This is, uh, I don't think the image is going to embed. Oh, there it goes. This is Nero Tolskeva. He is a Garlean, a pure blood Garlean. So you can see the third eye there. Yeah, it just, like you mentioned, it looks like a pearl that's in the mm-hmm. middle of the forehead with maybe like a little ring around it. Yeah. Huh. That's... I'm really surprised that that hasn't come up a little bit more for for some ability or something like that. Oh, actually, this is interesting. Native Garleans can be distinguished by the presence of a third eye. The third eye is believed to improve the race's capacity for spatial recognition, giving them an advantage over other races when it comes to navigating aircraft or firing weapons. Oh, interesting. So it's like a sixth sense for them. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense as to why they're so martially powerful. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Their society is also insanely militaristic. Like, it permeates every every single facet of their society. Mm, that can be seen with the, the, that picture of their city again. Everything, except for the exception of just a few towers, everything is so uniform and in line. Mm-hmm. They have a heavy Roman influence in their, like, design and culture. Oh, yeah, you had mentioned that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the naming for their stuff is based on Roman or, or that kind of Latin, I guess, is the thing. Mm. Um, they will also use some, like, Roman tactics. So they will invade another nation and then conquer conscript all of the people who are of fighting age mm-hmm. ship them off to another nation mm. so then you have you know none of the people who are strong enough to rebel are home and then you start brainwashing the children being like you know we only invaded because of these primals and your barbarian lifestyle we were making things better for you oh yeah this isn't your fault you you don't have to suffer at the hands of those before you exactly and they would offer them maybe citizenship because that that is a thing uh the the garleans are a bit of a meritocracy Mm. so if you are despite being a filthy barbarian if you prove yourself to be loyal and useful you can move up the ranks they're not going to they are very racist <laughs> let's let's get this out in the open they are extremely racist but yeah, they're just... not going to get rid of you on that grounds they're gonna they'll recognize your usefulness so not even xenophobic just flat out racist like mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right, yeah, I, I guess we could take you filthy here or or, yeah. or viera into here sure why not yeah, exactly. Now, there are some Garleans that are less like this. Uh, there's a group of them known as the Popularis. 
and they they're more open with Eorzea hmm. and they're they're more interested in coexistence. Right. But yeah, I mentioned the name Popularis. That is it sounds like it's straight out of Warhammer. Those are the the same kinds of naming convictions or conventions they use. Uh, so as examples, the way their naming stuff goes is they have this military split, right? So you've got 14 divisions within their army. Okay. And these are legions. Ah, uh, right, and right. And each legion is broken down into three groups known as manipuli. The manipuli consist of centurii. And then the individual soldiers within that. Okay. And then the Centurii are going to be uh, your elite soldiers. Mm -hmm. So instead of seeing a Garlean soldier being called like Garlean swordsman, it would be like Hoplomachi of the 14th Legion. (laughs) Right, right, right. Okay, that's definitely a lot of Roman influence, it looks Mm -hmm. like. Very much. Uh, Now... How are they with integrating other cultures? Do they allow those coming in to hold on to their culture? Or is it, like you mentioned, just trying to brainwash and really scrub everything of their culture before? Yeah, once you become a Garlean, you are a Garlean. Okay, that really seems to be the standalone point You do from not that. bring your culture with you because they're not interested in maintaining that. So it seems like they would have more of a focus on trying to deal with taking the kids away from their homes and really focusing on raising them in the Garlean way. Because if, if you're dealing with adults, they're already integrated into their cultures. They're not Absolutely. going to give that up easily. Yeah, though it does happen. I'll, I'll talk about a bunch of the legions and some of the more famous ones. But that does happen. It's, it's a thing in Stormblood. Stormblood focuses heavily about the, the effects of a Garlean invasion on a populace as well as you know it happens both in alamigo and in doma hmm. and it's hey, because oh, go ahead. they're assaulting pretty much all of eorzea right they they've yet to make a proper foothold in eorzea itself uh... uh last time they tried a lot of really bad things happened some of those being their fault some of them <laughs> being bad luck gotcha so what they their their claim of entering into Eorzea with oh you know we we need to stop the primals from coming into existence do we see many interactions between them and primals because you had mentioned them fighting primals before in the last episode yeah uh, the one of the major plot points in a realm reborn has to do with the garleans fighting primals with a bit of a secret weapon that they have Mm. but they they will clash with primals regularly and garleans are not immune to being tempered they cannot channel ether but that doesn't mean they're not made of it that's right so they can still be sacrificed yeah absolutely so they you know fighting primals is every bit of a risk as as uh to them as it is to Eorzeans, which is why they want to... Their plan is that once everything is under Garlean rule, these tribes will have no more need to summon primals. Oh, okay. 
Right, right. Yeah, everything will be better in the Garlean perfect society that they'll create. Exactly. So, you may have noticed their names are extremely odd. You know, names like Nero Tolskava or Solus Zos Galvis. Mm. The first and last name are their given names. Mm-hmm. So, Nero Skeva. Toll represents his rank in the Garlean society. Okay, so that, that's how far the military is integrated with their culture. Right. For example, within the royal part of the uh, Garlean Empire, Zos is exclusive to the emperor. Okay. Ye is men of the royal family in the line of succession, the emperor's wife, and the emperor's mother. Hmm. And then there's, there is a, a, a title of Weir, but I don't think we've ever met anyone in game with that title. What is it supposed to be? Members of the royal family with no claim to the throne, such as female heirs and their spouses. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm also surprised, uh, not, not necessarily surprised, but I was curious going into this, knowing that they had Roman influence, of if they were going to have more of an emperor or if they're going to have more of that you know, democracy that they were working on. No, they're very much an empire. Okay, so royal bloodlines, passing down to next of kin, all that jazz. Yeah, though they do have elected officials, just nothing at a very high rank. Mm-hmm. It's, it's within citizenry. You'll have something that's an elected leader. Uh, like the if they have the title of Het, that means that they are a essentially a mayor. Okay, gotcha. Into into that point, and maybe a little bit higher. It makes sense, you know, with them being a meritocracy, you yeah. can earn your way up to some degree of civil leadership. We have encountered some non-Garleans with very high military ranks. Shockingly, mm -hmm. there's a guy named Ritatin Sas Arvina, and he's actually a Rugden. Ooh. Yeah, he's a Rugden that is, uh, the, the, the rank of Sas is a secondary commander, or a, a commander of a secondary unit within a legion. Oh. So he has his own castrum, the, the Prefectus Castrorum. You know, I'm not surprised to hear that. The Rugden don't seem like they're given the the best hand in Eorzea. <laughs> he's actually, it makes me really sad because he's got such a cool design, but he gets thrown into a very low level trial in the in the game, so he gets no. beaten extremely easily. <laughs> he's getting his butt handed to him by sprouts, isn't he? Yeah, they're not even level fifty yet. They're they're not max level. They're just babies. <laughs> But this dude is like this hulking man in power armor, and he dual wields gun shields. See, that is my point proven exactly. <laughs> the Ruganin are given the shortest uh. end of the stick every time. <laughs> it's true. It makes this me extremely sad. 
This is the exact thing he's trying to get away from. <laughs> Look at this guy. Look at him. Whoa. Gun shields. <laughs> yeah, it really just giant shield on each arm with big a revolver horns. it looks like it's got a giant six shooter that's in the middle of the shield yeah. you'll notice that gun x is something that garleans use a lot presumably <laughs> to compensate for their lack of magic they wanted something that would allow them to fight at a distance or amplify their physical abilities mm. so Within one legion, we have a guy who uses gun shields, a girl who uses gun fists. She basically has cannons strapped to her wrist. <laughs> so she'll punch you and then shoot you. Is there a gun gun that shoots little guns? <laughs> That's in Enter the Gungeon, not this game. <laughs> so what would you say is the coolest piece of gun x technology that the garleans put out dude i am such a huge fan of gun shields man i would love a class that used gun shields oh give me like a magitech knight or something or even just maybe a splinter off of the uh the gunbreaker. yeah sure shield breaker let's go <laughs> why not there's a guy who uses a hammer that has jets on the back of it actually yeah that that is super cool he's like uh, king ddd but but before we get off the the shield breaker mm. how cool would that be if it was almost like the healing version of gunbreaker oh you, know, you protect your allies exclusively by not necessarily healing damage but just by preventing damage yeah. taken on them in the first place yeah a shield healer i'm down that that's an archetype within the game so yeah see i'm i'm learning stuff i know how this works now i'm a game dev basically there's a boss fight with a, another guy who uses gun shields and he actually uses he fights similarly to a gun breaker where he'll load a spell into the shield and that will resolve later so you have to remember it the tech is there yeah it's there so you could basically like load some kind of barrier in the shield and then block an attack wait you said that you have to remember what he's loading in the chambers for when they actually fire yeah that's really cool i love that mechanic yeah it's a delayed spell He'll, he'll cast, like, Thunder Shield, and then you'll have to remember what Thunder Shield does for later in the fight. That's one thing that I, I had heard a lot from people going from WoW to FF14 is that the mechanics are not just for the sake of making something harder. They're not just, oh, a harder version of the same mechanics. They're just true-to-form new mechanics that are really fun and interesting to, to play with. Yeah. It's very rare, too, that you'll see the same mechanic twice sometimes you'll see a, a repeating phase but in general it's like always something new wow props to the team for that man mm, that's yeah. a big achievement it, it's well designed so what else have the garleans done of note that's really cool or i guess scary <laughs> a lot of scary stuff so so let's just talk about the legions and what they've done um so we've got in FF14, we meet several of the legions, but we don't meet we don't meet anywhere near all 14 of them. 
Okay. The fourth Imperial Legion are the ones who conquered Bosia. These are led by, formerly led by a man named Bosch van Gebranth, now led by his son, Noah van Gebranth. Wait, Bosnia was taken down by a single legion? The legions are real big. Oh, The, the gotcha. legions are the biggest unit within Garlean military. Oh, okay, so some, like, at least, what, 10,000 men per legion or something? Uh, probably, yeah, if not more. And that's supplemented by Magitek troops as well. So, mm. you've got normal soldiers that may be riding Magitek armor, which immediately makes him worth more than one soldier. Oh, yeah. Or fully automated Magitek units. Oh, so they've got, like, many golems for soldiers? Oh, absolutely. And they are v extremely varied and very scary. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, There's some that are, like, they have, like, these huge spikes for arms that you can easily use as both, like, punching, but also as, like, lightning rods to, like, channel electricity at people. <laughs> Whoa. Um, they they have some really big ones that'll just like shoot shitloads of lasers and rockets and all kinds of stuff. How much gun can we fit into one soldier? It's very much dodge this casual. <laughs> the Garleans are pushing the boundaries. <laughs> yeah, they they uh they do not mess around with with this apparently within game they they call them the forge kin as a title it's like a lot of enemies will have a, a something kin as their classification so like a bear would be a beast kin and a bird would be a cloud kin okay gotcha so they they call these the forge kin i've never heard that term used in game but it's probably got some kind of classification that's, that's right just early on that got me thinking about though that phrase was it your scientists were so busy doing this that they never stopped <laughs> to consider if they should yeah <laughs> what would you define as the the one moment where they just got too far away from themselves hmm. it's not using magitech it's using tech from a an, another flavor of magitech essentially that, that sort of comes from a another fallen empire. There is an ancient empire known as the Alagan, and their tech is scattered all over, not just Eorzea, but multiple continents. And the Garleans, as well as the Eorzeans, have found it and studied it, and Alagan tech is horrifying. Oh, really? It, it's like biotechnology. Oh. So they have, like chimeric beasts that are like part machine and part organic um Ooh, or man. things that do like really frightening stuff to you with with chemicals and diseases and whatnot right that, that makes me think of what was it nim with yes. the whole plague that they dealt with yeah there's some alagan tech that they use that is really scary like one known as the Ultima Weapon. <laughs> I have heard you mention that one before. So weapons are a thing within Garlemald that is not Garlean. It's actually Alagan. 
if I'm not mistaken, I might be wrong about this. Weapons being some super big piece of machinery that's just called a weapon? Yeah. Are you familiar with Final Fantasy VII much? Not really, no. Okay. So they're, they're, they were super bosses in Final Fantasy VII. Um, but say, let's take uh, Ruby Weapon, for example. It's this weird, like... I don't even know how to describe it. I'll just I'll just show you. It's got like these really long claws that are like prehensile. Ooh. The claws are flexible. It's incredibly bizarre. So, okay, this is Ruby Weapon. This thing is organic to a degree. Oh. Soldiers can pilot it. But it's it's not like you can see like its feet have like hooves and bone. Yeah, this thing just looks. It, it, so you say ruby? Is it supposed to be stone like where it's red? It has like a, a ruby in its chest. <clears throat> because it looks. It well, just looks like that, but... raw, uncovered muscle. Yeah. On top of black bone with these. Yeah. Weird claws and. It's in... very sinewy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, it has teeth! Like, it is a, why does it have teeth? I don't like it smiling at me. This <laughs> thing is terrifying, Cody. Right. So the Garleans will use these things. One of the Garlean legions will use them. A lot of Garleans don't like them, but the... <laughs> I wonder why. <laughs> these things are part of a, a storyline with one of the legions that I'll just go ahead and talk about mm. they're part of the seventh imperial legion uh the seventh legion as a reference to final fantasy 7 are the legion who called down meteor so they were the ones who initiated meteor project and dropped dalamud on the world oh dalamud being the moon that held bahamut Whoa! Yeah. That was the <gasps> seventh legion. How did they do that without ether? That is gonna be a story in itself. Definitely for next time, actually. Oh, g- give me a hint. Give me a taste, <laughs> at least. <laughs> Bahamut is very much alive in that moon. He's awake uh-huh. and he is pissed. <laughs> He actually managed to temper one of the the Garlean legatuses while he was in the moon. Oh. And it became that legatus's lifelong journey now to summon Bahamut. Wow. So, yeah, that's... It's complicated, but it's also extremely simple. (laughs) Oh man, I'm oh, okay. I'm looking forward to that. Is that going to be one of the next episodes talking about? Uh, the I believe Meteor it'll Project? be the next episode. Yes, talking about okay. Bahamut Project Meteor. Yeah, I I can wait one more week for that. <laughs> I can do that at least. Okay. So that legion, though, is uh, after their previous legatus was um, disposed of, maybe by ending the world. Uh, <laughs> they have a new legatus now. Uh, named Valens Van Varro. And he is researching the weapons. 
What makes them even more horrifying is their use of something called Oversoul. Okay. They use a stone known as White Orosite. And White Orosite can contain massive amounts of ether. What they'll do with this is they'll take combat data based on famous fighters. Mm -hmm. And they'll put it in this stone. And then whenever someone is piloting Ruby Weapon, for example, and if they get in a bad spot, they can activate Oversoul. And what it does is unleash all that ether into the pilot. Oh. The problem with this is that it's more than the pilot can take. And okay. their entire existence is essentially overwritten by this new amount of combat data half the time they just sort of melt into goo and then pilot the machine oh so they just kind of of fuse into the machine Mm -hmm. that is monstrous yeah and then there's no way to stop it they they start fighting at like inhuman levels oh so can they even turn it off at that point does it just live to fight yeah pretty much I assume they have Ooh. ways to stop it because they need to rein in the weapon at some point. <laughs> Get another bigger oversoul. <laughs> <laughs> One that's just chill. <laughs> that So before we get off the oversoul thing, that's really interesting. You had mentioned in one of the earlier episodes with... Um, I had asked a question about, is there something regarding relics or pieces of tech that are used for people using magic. Mm. And you had mentioned that there were these artifacts that one person or some people could use that had like the memories the memory. yeah, of the soul caster. So is the soul crystal kind of like this, just just instead of their their full soul, it's just the, the fighting part of their soul, essentially? Uh, yeah, I, I guess that, that, that could be a way to put at it. Yeah, just the orosite is that on a, a significantly larger scale okay because a soul crystal can't hold nearly that much ether gotcha so it's not just knowledge and ability this is martial prowess huge amount of energy and all of that goes into the the weapon yeah exactly huh literally no one has survived it we've seen it four times in the story and no one survived jeez actually five times it's it's horrifying so tell me there's not a scarier weapon out there than ruby right um there is but it's not uh it's not garlean it's actually sort of an alien i don't really know how to put it aliens yeah, we'll, we'll cover uh, it. <laughs> All right, well, welcome to the new race episode of Vocals and Mages. We're talking about aliens now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's Omega Weapon. Omega Weapon. Mm-hmm. So what's this guy like? Omega Weapon is... He basically started a tournament arc in our FF14 anime. <laughs> yeah. His plan was to find who was the most powerful being, and he wanted to fight it so he started using simulation data from his like time studying stuff to recreate famous villains and then make us fight them 
I think I saw this in Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, it's it's just the Cell Saga, but with a weird <laughs> robot instead. Right. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess reroute back to the legions. Yeah, the yeah. <laughs> well, okay, we can tie it back. He's actually the one who sealed Bahamut in Dalamud in the first place. Wait, Omega? Yeah. Whoa, okay, so he was here once before, sealed Dalamud, mm-hmm. and then bounced out and then came back later? Actually, the uh, Allegan Empire just kind of put him to sleep. They were like, we might need you later. Go to sleep. Wow. So they were powerful. Too powerful for their own good. You'll hear a bit about what the Allegan were capable of next time when we talk about the past a little. Yeah, it sounds like the uh, Garleans are really digging up a lot more than they should have with them. Yeah, definitely. So this is some spoilers towards Shadowbringers, but uh, the Garlean Empire is in shambles right now. Really? Oh yeah, they're done. What happened? They're pretty much done. So their their emperor, original emperor, died of old age. Then his son takes over. Uh, Solus Zos Galvis was the original. He mm-hmm. dies. His son Varus Zos Galvis takes over. Okay. Varus begins a plan to wipe out Eorzea using something known as the Black Rose. Oh, so he just says, we're, go- we're going nuclear. Yes. It's a disease that renders ether, or a poison that renders ether stasis. It turns it to stasis. Whoa. So just, just nullifying it? Uh, even worse. Spreading this through Eorzea just kills them. Ooh. The Eorzeans just die. It'll kill Garleans too, but the Eorzeans just like straight up, they're just like, nope, that's it. <laughs> oh, and this will just kill the planet too, won't it? Yeah, it would have caused a calamity had he been left to his own devices. The downside is he was killed before his plan could reach fruition. He was killed by his own son. Uh, Xenos Ye Galvis. Ye, not Zos. Yeah. Xenos okay. did not take up the title of Emperor. See, Xenos is a bit of a biological weapon himself. He was experimented on ruthlessly by his father. Oh, okay, and that, that's where the patricide comes from. Yeah. He was given an artificial echo. So you remember I mentioned the Echo that the Warrior of Light has? Yeah. Yeah, Xenos has an artificial Echo. And was that for the purpose of trying to deal with primals? I don't actually know. I I want to say it was just an experiment for experiment's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a guy, I cannot remember the researcher's name, but there was a there was a researcher who was researching soul transference uh the ability to put someone in a new body whoa yeah that's scary stuff for an empire to have exactly because it's like my father may have died of old age but i'll never die Uh, (laughs) yeah (laughs) glad it's not the nuclear guy but still so He's researching soul transference. So what they do is they go and take a whole ton of people's souls who have the echo 
and put them in Xenos. They're just cramming souls into this guy? Oh, yeah. This man is Legion. Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. So what it winds up doing to him is it, it... one, it gives him the echo, which can have all kinds of horrifying effects to a person who's not prepared. Uh, but, well, as an example, there's another woman uh, named Fordola Remlupus. She was a member of the, what's the term? What's the name? Uh, whatever. The guys in the Alamegans. That's the one. She mm-hmm. was an Alamegan who joined Garlemald after their invasion. And she was blessed with the echo they gave it to her as a reward for her services uh only she has no ability to control it oh boy so every now and then she's just racked by visions from the past of various people and this can be actually horrifying oh jeez. and she can't turn it off yeah yeah and so she, she can't pilot anything. She can't go to battles or anything just in case this happens again. Oh, she can fight. The Echo makes her extremely competent at fighting. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a double-edged sword. It is. Yeah. Xenos got such a huge dose of this that he is borderline combat god. Can he channel ether now that he has other souls in him? No. Okay, so that another point towards it being a biological tick. Mm-hmm. Xenos cannot channel ether, but he doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah. He's it's... just that strong. He's got all the ether he needs inside of him, huh? Yeah, he, he is frighteningly powerful. He also wears really big power armor when we fight him. <laughs> so he's basically a space marine. I mean... Oh. I sent you a picture of him. Oh, Lord, that is a space... <laughs> yeah. A kind of, he's like a samurai space marine. So he's got the big sword, he's got a giant gauntlet that, of course, as Garleans would, it has a giant cannon in the gauntlet. So that's a revolving sheath for his three katanas. <laughs> is it a sword gun? Kind of. <laughs> I love the Garleans, man. These guys are crazy. Yeah. So Xenos is a weeb. <laughs> he was fighting just as a Garlean, but when he he became the the viceroy of Doma or the the leader of Doma after it was overtaken, and during the conquering of Doma, he said, "These katanas these guys got are pretty freaking cool." <laughs> so he trained in the way of the sword he trained in the way of the sword just because they were cool man <laughs> just wait until he starts seeing all that mall ninja stuff <laughs> xenos would a hundred percent be a mall ninja dude this guy is crazy so he's he's like what weeb's dream to become oh yeah yeah people actually thought he was a woman uh at first uh-huh. Because we, we got to see him very briefly without his helmet. We got to see inside his helmet, and all we saw was this flowing mane of blonde hair. <laughs> I can see the confusion there. And people were like, is, is Zenos a lady? But There's no, some Zenos is just a that. very pretty man. Now, one thing that I'm noticing is that 
there's a spot on his helmet on the armor for that third eye. Yep. I'm wondering if that is to amplify it or, or if it's just for aesthetics. It could also just be to say this is a cool like helmet that shows people I'm Garlean. Right, just a reminder of the threat that you're dealing with. <coughs> yes. Although an eight-foot-tall man in power armor with three swords is probably a reminder enough. <laughs> the sword sheets. <laughs> yeah. That seems so much extra than it has to be. Just go Zoro style, you know? Yeah. Well, so anyway, he's actually the downside of the Garlean em- or the downfall of the Garlean Empire. Pretty much single-handedly. Oh, he's the tipping point. Yeah. He uh, he kills his dad, and then his dad says, "You don't have what it takes to run an empire. You're just a mad dog." Whoa. And and Zeno says, "Don't misunderstand me, father." I have no interest in playing Lord. Oh, so this was basically his intent. Pretty much, yeah. So the Garlean Empire, his father, experiment on him, torturing him. And he says, you know what? Fine. You've toiled with the wrong person. Yeah. The only thing Xenos wants is to be strong and fight strong people. Wow. He has no interest in running an empire at all. And he has further disdain for his father for using poison, which he views as dishonorable. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, like, cowards I don't want to kill someone with poison. I want to watch them die. I want them to fight me. I need to feel their hate. <sighs> Jeez. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> messed up. Like, he, the, the, the boy is capital D damaged. Yeah, there's a couple of red flags there. Yeah. A couple crimson ones, maybe. There's got to be so much more that we didn't have a chance to cover, huh? I'm going to quickly mention one more Garlean. Yeah. He's uh, he's very important to the Realm Reborn storyline. And he's a bit different than the other Garleans. His name is Gaius Van Belsar. He is known mm-hmm. as the Black Wolf. And he wants to conquer Eorzea. He's the leader of the 14th Legion. Okay. But unlike the rest of the Garleans, he doesn't believe in this conquer and eliminate culture. Oh. The way he sees it is he's like, if we want the Eorzean annexation to succeed, we should allow them to still be Eorzea. They just need to be in Garlemald. Okay, more true to Roman fashion. He's significantly less racist. I would wager that he still is a little bit, because he calls you, you know, barbarian sometimes. (laughs) But it sounds like, I I imagine that his legion would have the most of the uh, Yorzian population. Yeah, You know, compared to the others. His legion is actually the one that Ritatin is a part of. Ritatin? The gun shield man. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. He's actually part of the 14th Legion. Uh, Gaius was also very opposed to Project Meteor. Mm. He was like, this is not right, guys. <laughs> to be honest, that seems like pretty much every Legion should be against that. How can you conquer something that's decimated? Yeah. There's just nothing left. He, he talks about how 
it defeats the point. He's like, if you do this, there will be nothing left to conquer. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He's also a bit of a meme because he has a very long speech in the dungeon where we fight him. And you can't skip the cutscene. So every time you do it, you have to listen to this man monologue for like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh no, the monologues that get you even in our FF anime, huh? <laughs> yes. Yes, that dungeon's like an hour long and half of it's monologuing. Do we at least get a beach episode arc? I mean, just head on down to Costa del Sol, the always summer vacation society. That's a thing. <laughs> FF's a good game, man. <laughs> it really is. I, I enjoy it. I, I'm talking myself into, into playing this, man. Hey, I'm looking forward to it. Every time we talk, I, I just I, I'm, I get more and more interested in this. So there's a lot of Garleans, you know? Yeah, so it, it sounds like there's a lot that we can talk about in the future with them. They'll come up all over the place. <laughs> and I'll, I'll definitely talk about them when they're relevant. So next up, we are going to be discussing the Meteor Project. Mm -hmm. We're going to be talking a bit about Bahamut, where he's from, how he turned into what he is, and then we'll finish it up with the Meteor Project and the end of Eorzea. And then that just rolls straight into a story that will, I I guess, will catch up to current day stuff? Yeah, I I have a bit of a plan. I want to go to project meteor and then i want to go back oh and then i want to go current day because i feel like there there's a plot that recontextualizes the entirety of the story up to the point we're at in Shadowbringers. okay gotcha i i kind of want you to have it from the beginning awesome yeah so you can understand i'm on board let's do it sweet well cody thank you so much everyone thank you for tuning in if you had any questions or if you want any clarification on what we talked about or if you want to hear about anything in particular going forward reach out to us on twitter at moogles and mages or at mageman dan also i was thinking of maybe if people are interested we could also do a discord thing if twitter isn't your favorite media that's a possibility but for now we'll be off and we will see you guys in episode eight next yep i believe so yes episode eight we'll see you there